Hi everybody, I'm Peter Travers and welcome to Popcorn where we tell you what is happening at the movies. And there's a movie now that I love called Nocturnal Animals. It is the second feature uh, directed and written by Tom Ford, my guest today, who you probably know for other things, but I think this guy's a major filmmaker and that's why you're here today. Welcome, Tom. Thank you. Yeah. Thank I mean, you. last time you were on the show, so Single Man, your first yes. movie, was 2009? Yes. I know, seven years ago. I don't and know how I, that happened. Well, it did happen. I know. And I said to you as you were leaving, please do another movie right away. And you say, stop pressing me. I did? You did. You said, I have so many other things on my mind. Oh, but mind. I must have said it politely. Mm, no, that was once where you lost the play. No. Yes, you did. You just said, no. I have other things to do. Of course, you well, built I a had fashion really, empire. I had really intended to make a film in the next three or four years, but I did. I opened 100 stores. I have a four-year-old <laughs> child. I had a child, and I wanted to really be there for him. That's right. Child. Still, you got married. Yeah. Well, with the same person I've been living with for know, 30 but years, but it wasn't legal then. So, yeah, the moment it became legal, the federal government rec you know, recognized it. We got married. Well, that's everything, isn't it? It is. <laughs> the federal government has to do it. You wouldn't be invited to the Trump White House oh, unless you had well, the license. I'm afraid I wouldn't be going. <laughs> oh, that's so sad you to hear know. that. So, despite the fact that it was seven years, yes. what besides my insistent nagging uh, made you decide that you would make this second film? Well, finding the right project. And this spoke to me because it's really about finding people in your life that you love and not letting them go. I mean, it is a cautionary tale about what can happen to you when you do let people go. And I'm a very loyal person. And I wanted to set it against this backdrop of today's throwaway culture because we not only throw things away, we throw people away. Also, the, the, the um, device of communicating something to someone through a work of fiction because this character, Susan, receives a novel from her first husband where he's literally saying, this is what you did to me. And it's a very visceral story. And this is what and I'll do to that. you. And this is what maybe we might think that as an audience. Amy Adams is playing Susan. Yes. Jake Gyllenhaal is her ex-husband. Yes. But we're seeing the story of Susan. Mm -hmm. uh, we see flashbacks to how she mm -hmm. and her husband broke up. Yes. And what kinds of things happened that mm -hmm. I'll never tell, mm -hmm. no matter Good. what goes on. And then you film what Susan is reading yes. in the book, which is on a highway with rednecks involving mm -hmm. kidnapping and rape and mm -hmm. murder. Mm -hmm. Such a sweet subject matter. Well, uh, what the, the author of this story, her first husband, is saying to her is, this is how it felt mm -hmm. when you stole our family. Mm -hmm. And it causes her to reevaluate their relationship and ultimately she falls in love with him all over again. Uh, and all of this is wrapped in a thriller. Uh, which is a, a genre I've always loved and uh, admired so many p film directors who, who made thrillers. And, and so uh, it's, it's a romance and hopefully it'll, you'll take something away with it. I'm old fashioned. I like a movie that, not necessarily a moral to the story, but that makes you think, makes you question your own life and that sticks with you after you leave the theater. Well, it does do all that, and it doesn't make it easy for you. When I was writing a review of this movie, which is very difficult, because you don't want to give away too much, but I remember ending my review by saying surrender to it. What you need to do when you see this is do that, and yet nobody can be told to do that. You have to make the movie that allows a person to do that. And that's tough as hell to achieve. No, and thank you, did. you. So I thank you for that, too. Thank as you. A, film goer who's Thank doing you. this. So 
Again, you didn't answer my wonderful question Which was about what? why seven years. Why, why seven time? years? Well, also finding the right project. You know, I have a... Uh, I have a business which know provides me with an income, mm-hmm. and uh, Are you doing well? I am a com- very <laughs> a, a comer- you know I am a commercial fashion designer. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is an artistic endeavor, but for me the most purely artistic expression and the reason I make films is because it is my art, hopefully, and it's something you know you have to have something to say, you have to have a point of view, and. Uh, that, that's why I make films. So it, it has to be something that speaks to me and it has to be something that I, you know, a, a message. Let's, I'm going to knock on some wood. You can. Because let's hope that it'll be three years until the next one and not seven. I would like to think I have five or six films in me before I leave this planet. <laughs> oh, well, I'm not young. I'm 55. So, you know, <laughs> every three years is, is sort of do our math. And, uh, let's and, see uh, it. Before I go senile. Um, so hopefully I have I have. Oh, a look at more. all that wonderful future you just painted. Well, Senility. I've always, ever since I was a child, seen the beginning and the end. You know, uh, a few journalists have written about the fact that I'm obsessed with death, which isn't exactly it, although not a day goes by that I don't think about it, because what it causes me to do is to try to live in the present and to try to see beauty for what it is, because it's all, it all disappears. And, and so I try to cling to that. But, you know, it could disappear, but when you make a film of it... That lasts for. It lasts. I don't know if that's the same when you're creating fashion because fashion changes. Fashion changes. You can look at a a beautiful dress in a museum years later and you can admire it. You can say, wow, oh yeah, okay. But it doesn't have the impact that it did. The very first moment, Mm -hmm. a beautiful woman walked in when it was absolutely something different and it it took your breath away. That leaves. It leaves even from abstract painting or from any kind of art because abstract painting, imagine what that looked like when it first appeared on the scene. <laughs> it was shocking. Now we have it in lobbies of buildings. We have, we've grown accustomed to it. But film, you watch an old film, immediately you're emoting with these people. You're feeling what they're feeling. You're crying. Mm-hmm. They're all dead. The screenwriter's dead. The director's dead. The actor's dead. Everyone's dead. And I'm glad it's you also brought us back to death. Death, yes. of course. Yes. And it's also fascinating because as media changes, these formats will be changed. We'll be able to sit in an old 1930s film. Cary Grant will make a movie probably with Beyonce. You know, computers will record every movement, and these actors and actresses will be able to make new films. It is a permanent, it's the most permanent art form I think we have. And if you're someone who loves to design, mm-hmm. build, make things, uh, dictate whether someone lives, dies, uh, what happens, the it is the ultimate, mm-hmm. ultimate design project and expression. One thing that when I read uh, reviews by people who do what I do, Mm -hmm. they're obsessed with the fact, the fact that you are Tom Ford and a designer. So when it's very glib, Mm -hmm. it basically says, well, this movie looks so good or it has this, so it must be all on the surface. Mm -hmm. To me, in the short time we've known each other, we do meet every seven years. Mm-hmm. Uh, I hope, I I think hope. It's, it's like some sort of lunar eclipse or something. It is. I don't Maybe know. it'll be three or whatever that's happening. Uh, I always see that there's so much more there. Thank you. And what's going on in there isn't always pretty. 
Thank what do we you. see? Well, yeah. You know, style has to serve substance, and it has to serve the story. Uh, and uh, lots of directors, I think, spend weeks and months on their actresses' hair and makeup, mm -hmm. or their actors' hair, and you know, because you're telling a story, and all of those things are key. Uh, and, and so, yes, of course, there's style, but it serves the story, especially in the character of Susan in this film. She is living a very hollow life. The surface of her life is lacquered to death, and she's crustacean-like in that she's holding a very soft, damaged inside together by this hard veneer. And so it was important to achieve that, that level of polish because mm -hmm. it serves the story. And this is the character that you identify with. Uh, I identify with all of them because when you write characters, you write bits and pieces of yourself. Yeah, but you change. Susan is not the Susan no, in the she's book not that at she all. is, in and your neither movie. is Tony. Um, they're they're both changed because Edward's character, Tony and Edward, are both played by Jake Gyllenhaal. I identify with too. I grew up in Texas. He's from Texas, <laughs> uh, the character, and he's sensitive. Not the guy who would have been great with a football. Not the guy who's great with a gun. Mm -hmm. uh, he's sensitive, but in the end. He believes in himself, and he triumphs. And so, of course, I love that. <laughs> of course you do. I do. <laughs> and yet, there is this sense in this movie, not in a single man. A single man is somebody grieving. Colin Firth has lost the love of his life and, doesn't, and wonders whether he wants to go on or do anything with that. That performance got an Oscar nomination and, to me, should have won uh, for that. Oh, thank I you. I remember saying to Colin Firth, well, it's... It's better than the King's Speech. Oh, thank said, you. We can't say those things. Thank you. We can't. Thank you. But the fact is, if you're identifying with all of these characters mm -hmm. in a movie like Nocturnal Animals, where these characters are at each other's throats, mm -hmm. is that you? Are you having a schizophrenic war with yourself? <laughs> no, I don't think I'm having a schizophrenic <laughs> well, war know. with myself, but I can imagine that level of pain. And that's what that scene is about. It's about pain. And we all, you know, hopefully that touches a lot of people because it's part of the human condition, is pain. We all suffer. Uh, and hopefully we all experience joy. That's part of being alive. Uh, and, and Susan in her world, this very polished world, is dead inside. And she needs that to bring her back to life, as you she come, is at the end of the film. you kind of film that world, that art world, as if it's dead. Yes. It seems uh, that you're being really critical of what is going on in it. I am. Uh, you know, it's a world that I live in and I inhabit, and mm -hmm. it probably sounds strange coming from someone who has such a strong voice mm -hmm. in contemporary culture and does he help create this, the, the, this, this world. And I have very mixed feelings about it. I have had moments in my life where I have been caught up in the material side of life and neglected the spiritual and the human mm -hmm. side of my life. I, I went through what Susan's going through in a different way, maybe 10 years ago. So I've moved beyond that. But it's interesting you brought up the Colin Firth character and uh, Susan as both being autobiographical because there are similarities. Both these people hold themselves together with their outer appearance, as I do, mm -hmm. as I sit here rigidly. I'm watching in it. My suit. I'm watching it. Yes. Um, you know, Colin, the opening scene, he's shining his shoes, he's putting on the jacket, and this is on the day that he thinks he's going to kill himself. And he is inside also uh, quite damaged, as is Susan. It's just a different, a different setting, a and different story. And depressed for lots of reasons. In he his is. Life. And, and he struggled with that. At the end, that. he finds uh, there's a transformation for Colin's character. Then he has a heart attack. <laughs> but uh, at the end, there is a transformation. And at the end of this film, Susan 
has broken the spell of her past life. She's taken off the rings, she's wiped off the lipstick, she is not going back. So it's been painful, but it's a transformation, and transformation can be painful. It can be, and it can also be exhilarating, you know, which is it. Because last time you were here... I think in the next chapter it will oh, be exhilarating for Susan. I can't wait to in see the what sequel, the next it'll chapter... In the sequel it'll be exhilarating. I can just picture nocturnal animals, too. That's just so... No, you. we got to yeah, name it something else. That's just else. not going to happen no, anyway. No, it's not going to happen. But you, when you were here the last time telling me about being 17, coming to New York, yeah. seeing this, yeah. saying you didn't even know you were gay till you got here. I didn't. <laughs> How does that happen? Well... I don't know. I was very happy in my life. I had girlfriends. I was in love with them. Uh, I, I, it just never confronted me. The, the first guy who uh, ended up being my first boyfriend came up to me in an art history class and he kept saying, hi, you know, blah, blah, blah. And I thought, poor guy, he has no friends. Why is he always all over me? Um, and then, of course, once I figured it out, I realized, oh, yes, that makes sense. That's right. Uh, but I didn't struggle with it. It was a time in the, the 70s before pre-AIDS, and uh, I even had straight friends then who would pretend they were bisexual because they thought it was cool. It was a different moment uh, <laughs> different in our moment. culture. Now what are they pretending to be, I wonder? Oh, well, I don't know. I think hopefully now people are free enough to be who they are. But see, yeah. people look at you and they say, look, this, this man's perfect. He's got everything. He's oh. successful doing what he loves. Maybe the perfection is hiding a, a very soft... Uh, Emotional. I don't know. This, uh, the, one of the you don't believe me? I, I believe some of you. Oh, come on. I think it's kind Nobody of... Nobody is as perfect as a billboard image of themselves. And I think people relate to the billboard image of me and of all the products I make. You, you and know, Beyonce are pretty perfect. and mirrors. Oh, Beyonce. Yeah. Uh, I love Beyonce. Well, from the outside, <laughs> Beyonce is really perfect. Our kids go to the same school, and I see her in the mornings at drop-off, and she's just as perfect as she is always see so there we but I don't know her intimately I'm sure just like everyone I'm sure there is happiness damage pain joy that is that's the way we are but it comes humans. from this transition that I was talking to you about you leaving Texas or Santa Fe which Santa is where Fe. you basically that's where that's you where were growing up, up. Really. that was puberty for you yes. wasn't it Absolutely. Santa, Fe. Santa Fe and Santa Fe was freeing coming from a childhood in Texas uh, where I was a little bit different, and moving to a place that was more bohemian, uh, where artists are admired, uh, was liberating for me. And Santa Fe uh, is still a place where I have a house and where I think of as home. What were you watching growing up? Oh my film God! That, you, that made you say, in part well, of your brain, old I American to do this. films from the 30s. You know, this was pre-VCR. This was what came on the Late Show. <laughs> so it was old films from the 30s. Surprisingly, you wouldn't know it from this film, which is you know, more in the lines, and I'm not saying comparing myself, but more Hitchcock or Polanski or Kubrick, uh, Kubrickian. Uh, but George Cukor is one of my all-time favorite directors, mm -hmm. and I love those movies. Uh, you know, I love the women in Philadelphia story. And Dinner at Eight is one of my absolute favorite films because it is so modern. You know, the themes of that film, this young girl is having an affair with an aging movie star who kills himself, and she's cheating on her fiancé, and then the patriarch of the family is about to die of a heart attack, and it's a comedy, and it just ends by everyone going into dinner and the doors close, because it's a, you know, that's what life is. Positive, sad, happy, joyful, tragic, 
and that's what life is. Is David Lynch an influencer? Well, people keep comparing. They do. Th and I think it's that opening sequence, which actually I was looking at photographs from Carlo Molino, uh, who was a furniture designer and took all the, these Polaroids of women against nude or semi-nude against red velvet drapes. It's something in fashion we draw on a lot. And I did not have David Lynch in mind. Mm -hmm. However, I am definitely a fan of David Lynch's films. Yeah, there's a little, I see just a little bit of that, but you bring those influences into something that's always you. Well, which thank was this, you. Well, this is what thank basically I'm, I'm tying into, you, you being that young person coming here. We see Susan being that person who then, because of her mother, who Laura Linney just like knocks out. Isn't she great? That one Isn't scene. she great? Where did you get that mother figure from? Oh, I can't say. Not I'll your get in mom. trouble. Okay. Let's say my grandmother. Okay. She's no longer here, she's here so, so she, she won't. She's, she she's, she's left offended. the planet, so she won't be offended. But her. But I remember my grandmother very legitimately saying to my sister, "If you don't date poor boys, you won't fall in love with poor boys, and you won't marry a poor boy." And she thought this was actually a, a sort of sage, you know, <laughs> uh, piece of advice. She was dead serious. <laughs> It won't. It just won't happen. Just keep yourself near that. And so it's, I find the character very sympathetic because she's trying to be somebody who's still pleased, she's a mother who's driven her insane. But aren't all <laughs> of us like that when we're young? Aren't we idealistic? Don't we get into things because we have a passion for them and then maybe the business of them wears us down over time? Aren't we all that optimistic? We may, but there are things idealistic. in life that can change us, no matter what point it is in life. And there that are. I'm bringing up the fact that, I mean, y you and Richard, I've been together for, what, 20? 30. 30 years. 30 years. So this is one of the great love stories, you know, in any is. industry that happens. Absolutely. I don't know. You could do a book about the secret of that to do it. It's. But Perseverance, when you find somebody who is as good a human being as you're ever going to find, mm -hmm. who you re respect absolutely. So if you have a bumpy patch, sleep on the sofa. Mm -hmm. You know, you're never going to find another person like that, so why let them go? Persevere. You shouldn't. But the other no. big force now in your life is having a child. Yes, we have, have a, a four-year-old. Yeah, 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 yeah. This has to change everything. Absolutely. It does. You know, I think... Do you have lots of toys around the house? Yes. And I've chosen just not to, I actually don't see them anymore. You know, when he was really small, I bought him all these natural wood toys that look, of course he doesn't want those. He wants, you know, dinosaurs that are bright green and make noises. Um, and I just don't see them anymore because he's a child. He needs those things. He loves them. So they're everywhere. How has he changed you? Well, he's changed me because I think if you don't have children, and I don't mean this in a negative way for those who don't, but... You see, you're, the world is beginning when you were born and ending when you die. Now I hear myself saying things to Jack, and I remember, oh my God, my father said exactly the same thing. And then I think, okay, well, his father must have said the same thing, and his father, and his father, and Jack will say this to his kids, and his kids. And you see yourself as a link in a long chain of human culture. Well, that's a lot, though, to do it. Meanwhile, a kid is just all over the place. Oh, and right now he is. He's I don't know if you've hotel, taught him the posture Absolutely yet. all over the place. You know what? He's naturally like that. Oh. I'm afraid we're very much alike and we're probably going to clash a lot because he is very strong-willed. I can't imagine where he'd be getting I any don't of know. that from. And, and you know, in just four years. I tried to dress him in color. I bought all these things and he used to love red and love yellow. And the other day he said, I don't want to wear anything but black. <laughs> And I thought, I have never taught you that. Where's that coming from? 
Um, and I said, well, let's not wear black. What's another color? He said, gray. Oh, I thought, okay, this okay. is, you know, we're... We're, gray. we're not going to anything fire engine red, are we? We're not doing... Well, he was. Right. I don't know where, what's happened. All of a sudden, it's, it's all black. It's just changed. It must I keep be. telling him, children don't look good in black, Jack. You cannot <laughs> wear black. Children should wear color. Of course, you would never do it, but it would be a hell of a reality show. <laughs> oh, I would definitely never. I am so private. Our houses aren't photographed. Jack has never been photographed, mm -hmm. and I don't take him anywhere where he mm -hmm. can be photographed. When he's 18, if he wants to be a public person, he can do that. But I, we certainly no Tom want Ford to going Kardashian, absolutely, not. <laughs> and none of that. So no. we always end the show. Well, you were on before, but it was a while ago. Um, in song. Oh and you God. came in singing, so don't. Sing. No, you are. You're just giving me a li You must sing something to Jack. What am you I going to sing? What are you singing? What are you going to gonna have me sing Twinkle Twinkle? Or Wheels on the Bus go round and round? Tom, if that's what you're singing to your son. Oh. oh. Just some little bit of melody. I don't need a full symphony. Twinkle, twinkle, little star. That's about all you're going to get from me because I am not Beyonce How? in the singing department. You could have done a Beyonce song. Uh, you would have been so pleased. Oh, well, I love Beyonce. I, I, but it put a yes. ring on it, you did it. Crazy in love, yeah. Do you have the... Um, I've got a ring, wow. yeah. Somebody put a ring on it. Whoa. Yeah. So we come back to Beyonce in the end. Yes, anyway, well, everything comes please back Please don't make it a near decade until you make another film. Thank you very please. much. Great to Thank see you. you. Nice yeah. to see you. From ABC, this is The Popcorn with Peter Travers Podcast. I'm Peter Travers, and this is a show featuring the world's biggest stars and top filmmakers. They drop by our studio to talk about their latest projects and their lives. And my 